Welcome to a Catholic Family News special report. I'm Brian McCall, the Editor-in-Chief of Catholic Family News. We have a special show for you today. Uh, we are going to have a conversation with Father Altman about an announcement we reported about in our news roundup last week. Uh, the Bishop of La Crosse essentially canceling all traditional Latin masses in parish churches in that diocese. Uh, Father Altman's name is likely familiar to our viewers. We've reported on his situation in the past. I won't give him a lengthy introduction, uh, but he uh, was a, uh, uh, before entering the seminary, was actually a practicing lawyer. So unfortunately, you've got two lawyers on this call, so it could be a little dangerous. Uh, but uh, he did enter the seminary, it was ordained, uh, he has been a priest in the diocese there of La Crosse. Uh, he made uh, news. The last time this bishop made news was uh, when he announced the removal, or as we colloquially say, the canceling of uh, Father Altman uh, from uh, his his parish there, which Father has been uh, disputing with a canonical case. So thank you for joining us. Uh, well, good morning. Good morning. Thank yeah. you for joining us. You're, well, thank you. Uh, so you actually sent me a picture uh, from your parish that you used to take care of uh, regularly. Yes. Uh, yes. And uh, if, you, if you don't mind, I was going to uh, just show that picture because... Please do. Please. You, a picture's worth a thousand words. Please show the pictures. It is. So um, you had really been promoting uh, tr more traditional not only doctrine from, from your public speaking, but, but liturgy. Uh, mm -hmm. And the, one of the fruits of that that I've always noticed when, when priests promote their more rational, traditional uh, liturgy is more boys are interested in uh, serving. And uh, you're there, not there anymore. Obviously, this is a, a different priest, but yeah. these are the fruits of some of your work. These are, uh, I don't know, you told me the number. I didn't count them up. How many? <laughs> 21. <laughs> 21. <laughs> 21. So this particular mass, uh, I believe, was September, uh, December 8th and uh, the Feast of the Immaculate Conception, Holy Day of Obligation. Yes. And this picture really tells it all because here you have the priest and you have 21 servers there. And uh, the, the, there's, there was one uh, uh, traditional Latin mass in the parish, three Novus Ordo masses every weekend. And so what you're seeing is just one mass. Look at how many servers there are. There were, I think, 174 people attending the Holy Day of Obligation in the traditional Latin mass. In the Novus Ordo, which was a combination of three possible masses into one, they had one opportunity to go. I think there was 145-ish right in there. So, so considerably less than the number of people that were attending in the traditional Latin mass. And there was a, maybe a handful of servers. I mean, we're talking two, three. That's wow. it. So here you have the fruits, as Jesus said, you can tell them by the fruits, just and the pictures worth a thousand words. There it is right there. These yes. are the people Bishop Callahan canceled, kicked out of the diocese. This is the, these are the kids, the future priests. Boy, if I get mad, you'll, you certainly can understand why. Uh, understandable. Yes. Cause you're absolutely right. I mean, the saints tell us about a third of children are going to, you know, normally are called to the priesthood. So there should be a third of these young boys who are called to the priesthood. Will yeah. they, will they be fostered in that call? Because, uh, you know, a call the priesthood doesn't mean somebody's ordained. The devil will fight it. Um, yes. and they need to be fostered. But so with that, this traditional Latin mass, did you start that in the parish or was that there before you? Sure. Parish? So, you know, if, if we understand what it means to be a father mm -hmm. to your family, 
which is that's how we live out our paternity. The parish is our family. Mm. So if your child comes to you and, and asks to be fed, what kind of father won't feed his children? I've been asking that since the start of them closing down the Holy Mass, letting Planned Parenthood stay open, letting the liquor stores stay open, letting a thousand people in Walmart at a time, and they lock the Catholic churches. What kind of father won't feed his family? That tells you all you need to know about the bishops. Well, so when I was first transferred down to um, St. James in La Crosse, a group of, of people came up to me and said, Father, we're like orphans because uh, we uh, are inspired. We live our faith through the traditional Latin Mass. Would you be willing to celebrate the traditional Latin Mass? And up to that point, I had full appreciation for it. I mean, mm -hmm. they, there, there was an oratory of uh, the Institute of Christ, the King's Sovereign High Priest. Uh, and so I had seen that, had been there, and and I fully appreciated it, but I didn't know how to celebrate it but i thought okay you're you're my kids you're my family you're my children i have to feed you so there was not even a choice in the matter i mean i i couldn't how could you say no so that's when i but i didn't know what i was getting myself into because it's um whereas in seminary they gave us six weeks of self-study eight weeks of self-study at the end of six years to try and learn the the novus ordo mass that's how easy it is um it took me about 18 months before I was fully, completely comfortable without cheat sheets uh, into presenting to these people sacred worship. Because if the everything we do in the in the Latin Mass, the traditional Latin Mass, is a is a I call it mini homilies to the people out there. That yes, I believe what's going on up there at the altar. So uh, it took it was rigorous. We were having practices three, four hours sometimes at night. Um, and in learning to, to do this. So it was about, we started the first week of Advent, 2017. And ever since then, the parish has grown. We, a second, specifically second choir, so that there would be high masses every Sunday and every great big feast day, like Immaculate Conception. Uh, it's just blossomed. Uh, it's, like, it's like that one movie, you know this, if you build it, they will come. Yes. And, <laughs> and indeed they did. And uh, I was getting, if I recall this correctly, something like two thirds of the baptisms were coming from this group of people. Uh, it, 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 the large families. Uh, if you go by a Catholic church and you see big family vans outside, nine times out of ten, you're going to see a traditional Latin mass going on <laughs> in the inside. I and mean, that's just the way it is. Uh, so anyway, so I started fostering them, being a parent, being a father to them. And, and it just grew. It was a, mm -hmm. in a, a profound. And, and listen, this is something else. Uh, here's what Catholics do in the Novus Ordo. They go to mass, clock in, check out, and then they go home or they go off to whatever they're doing. If they even bother to show up, because as you know, 80% of Catholics yes. don't even go to mass anymore in the Novus Ordo. Yes. Um, and I think it's gotten worse since the COVID closure. Yes. So yes. People just think, well, we didn't go for two years. What, why exactly. Do we have to go yes. Exactly. What did the bishops teach them, right? Yes. So, uh, but this group, they got the last mass of the day. They got the leftovers. Uh, <laughs> they would have preferred an earlier in the morning mass, uh, but it was already taken up by the Novus Ordo. So they had to settle for the last mass. It was, I think we started at 11.30 or in my time about 11.35. I was never <laughs> on time. Uh, the, and then afterward though, they all gathered every single weekend down in the, the church hall and, and they would have fellowship. 
See, because our, our sacred worship is all about worship. It's not about fellowship. It's not Protestant fellowship. It's yes. sacred worship. We have 167 other hours of the week to have fellowship. But what these people would do is they would gather. Every, the, the kids would be outside playing. They would, oh, it was, it was a sight to behold. It is as I always understood Catholic families, Catholic parishes were supposed to be. They're supposed to be a parish family. And these people lived it out better than I've ever seen in my entire life at any Novus Ordo Mass ever. And I'm kind of old. I'm actually, I just turned 64. So I've seen a lot of Novus Ordo Masses in my day. I have never, ever seen anything like this group of, of faithful Catholics at St. James. Never. I've, I've never seen anything of it. Never. I can't stress that enough. Well, and as we've said and as reported, now they are canceled by uh, the most reverend William P. Callahan, who is the yeah. uh, bishop. He's the successor of uh, Cardinal Burke, who led this diocese many years ago and, and was responsible really for introducing traditional masses uh, there and supporting them before he went on to to other places. But so this is this is the response. So tell us about what he's 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 done. What is the your understanding sure. of the official decree? So uh, I think personally, he misled the people back mm -hmm. in, uh, I think it was like August, September, saying, well, this, this new uh, apostate document from Jorge Bergoglio mm -hmm. uh, tried to crush the Latin mass, um, that he was going to try to work with it and maybe sort of limit it uh, uh, certainly it's expansion, which in and of itself, when you, when you read some more pontificum, when you, when you read, um, uh, the, to the council of Trent, uh, mm -hmm. and St. Pius V, when you read that, you know, that there's nothing that any, any Bishop, any Pope, any Cardinal can do. The people are entitled by, by dogmatic truth mm -hmm. to this Latin mass. So traditionis custodis, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, is, uh, apostate document. Jorge Bergoglio had no right to issue it. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so anyway, so the people thought, okay, uh, he probably isn't going to let other pastors, other churches, par parishes in the diocese expand into the traditional Latin mass, despite its growing, uh, uh desire. Mm -hmm. Uh, but then all of a sudden it, I think it was in December, he came out with a new instruction and he, and he, he essentially in, in fact, canceled every single there are 158 parishes in the diocese right now i think it used to be 163 they they closed a couple joined them together he canceled every single uh parish in the diocese as of january 1st not allowed to celebrate the traditional latin mass ever again in the parish churches hmm. so he, he essentially took all these people for whom he is responsible for their eternal souls hmm. He took away their right to worship that is thousands of years old. He, he, he stole from them their right to which they are entitled, dogmatic truth entitled to. He, through his little fiat, threw it out. Hmm. So not, there's not a single parish church now that, that can have the traditional Latin mass in the Diocese of La Crosse. He's, he, by the way, he's not the only one. All these vipers, these monsters and miters across the United States, across the world, are falling in lockstep behind that apostate prancing around in white and Rome. The, the, he's, how can you, like I said, what kind of father won't feed his children? Hmm. What kind of bishop will kick those faithful, most faithful of all Catholics to the curb? 
What kind of bishop would do that? Well, now, well, we know. We see it in real life. He's done that. Now, here's something important to understand why Bergoglio couldn't do what he couldn't could do what he tried to trying to do, and why Bishop anywhere can't do it is when when Pope Benedict XVI came out with uh, his Sumorum Pontificum, he wasn't giving us something we didn't already have. And he wasn't giving us something that the next pope could just take away. And then, then after Bergoglio, the next one could give it back and then the next one could take it away again. No, that's not the way the deposit of faith works in the Catholic Church. No. What Benedict XVI said in his document was these people are entitled to the Latin Mass. And you bishops that have been denying them that access to it are in error. That's that's the essence of the document. You, These people, if they're there, they are entitled to it and you must give it to them. Because up until that point, since post-Vatican II and the, the apostasy in the sacred liturgy that took place after that, uh, until Benedict came out with this document, there was, uh, there was a denial to people of their entitlement, their right, their Catholic faith dogmatic right to the Latin Mass. So Benedict just simply said, bishops, quit Quit screwing those people over. That's kind of a way to put it. And and so now what Bergoglio has done is tried to go in, in the Latin. We call it ultra virus in the law. He's gone outside the scope of his authority. He has no right, no authority, zero to do what he did in that traditionis custodis. He has zero right. And he's undermined the papacy. He's he's he's. Uh, yeah, that's a good word for it. He's undermined it. He's brought disrepute upon the papacy by his acting ultra-virus. And this in so many ways. I mean, we know, you know, the Pachamama, Luther on the Vatican stamp. We could go down the list. Catholics, oh, quit breeding like rabbits. You're not supposed to reproduce like that. What did he say? He said, uh, oh, I'm a communist because Jesus was a communist. I mean, this guy, every day he, he opens his mouth. He brings disrepute and disrespect to the office of St. Peter's papacy, right? He, he's... He's destroying our, uh, well, he's destroying the one holy Catholic and apostolic church with his apostasy. Uh, so he had no right to do what he did. He's acting ultra-virus outside the scope of his authority. And we do not need to obey that. And yet you get these bishops like Callahan. Now say, oh, I've got to be obedient. They have a false sense of obedience. They are obedient. What did St. Peter tell us? We must obey God rather than men. No, it is. Bishop Callahan, I've seen his statements, and others are just saying, oh, I'm just following orders. Right? I'm yeah. just doing what I'm told, which yeah. you know, is not, not an excuse if what you're told is, is contrary to, to justice and contrary to God, God's law. But right. we've been so it, – it's interesting. Catholics, I think, were kind of acculturated to that because th they had, for many years, really good popes. We, we were fortunate with kind of a good run of popes. Yeah. We Gen I, I said that, that way too, yes. Good bishops and just kind of mm -hmm. got used to, well, we don't really need to think we can just do this. But it's almost that the devil pounced on that and saw, right. ah, this is the way yes. to, to get people to do yes. this. People so, have a false, false sense of the word obedience. Peter yes. Kuznetsky's, and I know I'm not yes. pronouncing his name correctly, but it's close. Uh, he's a hero of mine. He wrote a book, True Obedience. It's a very short book. Yes. Every, every faithful Catholic should read it because it, yeah. it explains to us how we don't have to obey unjust or uncatholic orders. You know, like this whole, I, oh, I have to obey. Who else had to obey? All the people under Hitler. Right. All yes. the people under Stalin, all the people yes. under Mao, they had to obey or they would die. 
right? Yes. And they would, and in doing and in obeying, they committed the most heinous possible crimes. But what did Jesus teach us? He said, "Don't don't worry about the body, worry about mm-hmm. your eternal soul." And so, what Jorge Bergoglio, his filthy uh, cardinals that he's collected mm-hmm. all around him, and these bishops, these bishops are endangering eternal souls. All the more reason why we don't have to obey their unjust, uncatholic, anti-dogmatic, schismatic, apostate rules and orders. <laughs> wow. So what advice would you give to the faithful in, in the diocese there who are affected by this? What should, how should, what should they do? Well, I, I've learned from personal experience that bishops don't really uh, read your letters. Yes. You know, they don't read your emails. Yeah. They couldn't care less. They don't give a damn about you people. If mm-hmm. they did, they would never have locked you out of the churches. If that isn't tell you, I don't know what, what is it going to take? It, we're, I think we're up to $8 billion in payouts for these cover-up artists that are still covering up for those who covered up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's a fact to this day. They're still covering up for those who've covered up. So if, if that doesn't awaken us to the corruption, the rot in the hierarchy, I don't know what does. What's it, what's it going to take? At what point is there's going to be a straw that breaks the camel's back, right? Um, so what, what can people do? Well, there's one thing that bishops can't stand. I've learned this again. <laughs> I Thank you, Lord, for putting me through this crazy time because you're teaching me and I can teach others. Um, so they're not going to listen to uh, cards, letters. They won't even listen to phone calls because they don't take them. They go into a machine and some secretary sometimes has to listen to them, but they don't, they don't, they don't care. Here's what they do care about though. It isn't even money, right? Cause they can close churches and sell them off and they're going to live high on the hog until the day they die. They're, they're setting up the future for the, for the bishops who have to take over a failed diocese as they man as the current crop of bishops manage it in decline. That's all they're doing now. They're just managing the decline, closing parishes, selling them off, keeping their you know, uh, nest feathered. Uh, here's what they can't stand. They can't stand bad publicity. Uh, that is the one thing that drives them crazy. So open protests, right? Uh, in front of cathedrals would be one way to attract their, their unwanted attention from the press. Listen, the press and the press would eat it up because the press, press hates the Catholic church too. Yes. So uh, any controversy they love. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yes. yeah. Yeah. Yes. So it doesn't matter that there are a million new victims of childhood sexual abuse every year in this country. You don't hear that in the press. But God forbid you, you dig up something from 50 years ago in Pittsburgh. That's going to be the front page news. Right. They'll do anything to attack the Catholic Church, including what they see as this schism. But there is a de facto listen, people need to understand this. There is a de facto schism in the church already. And it's not us. TLM people who have schismed away. No, no, it's Bergoglio and his boys who have schismed away from the deposit of faith. Because in the end, this is what you must obey, the deposit of faith handed down to us from the apostles, unchanged and unchangeable for 2,000 years. You must obey God rather than men. So uh, it is Bergoglio who has schismed from the Catholic Church. I don't know how much more, what more evidence do you need to show you? Just the Pachamama, that in and of itself. You've brought the abomination into the temple. And listen, throughout salvation history, you bring an abomination into the temple, cataclysm comes. I'm yeah, just waiting. So, yeah. <laughs> so uh, here's what you do. You do uh, that, what, what I'd call public protests. 
because that will attract the news. And that's the one thing that bishops can't stand mm-hmm. uh, is, is they, they are so yeah, people who are prideful, right? They can't stand anything that is an affront to their pride. And the, mm-hmm. the bishops today, here's something to help people understand this because most people don't even, they're, they're off busy living their own lives. They don't know that in Jesus's day, 96% of the Sanhedrin crucified him. There were only mm-hmm. two good ones, right? Nicodemus who came in the middle of the yes. night and Gamaliel who stood up for Peter and John when they were arrested mm-hmm. for the second time in the temple. Only two, that meant 68 out of 70, either directly or through their silence, which is complicity, mm-hmm. crucified Jesus. That's 96% of the people who saw Jesus work miracles right before their very eyes, right? I mean, they, mm-hmm. saw, they saw that paralytic come down through the hole in the roof. They knew that he had raised Lazarus from the dead. The Sanhedrin knew this because they were trying to kill. They plotted to kill Lazarus to destroy the evidence. Yes. 96% of those people who looked upon Jesus's face still crucified him. Why mm-hmm. do we think, why are we so deluded as to think that the percentage of good bishops in our day is any better than it was than those who saw Jesus himself? That, mm-hmm. that, that makes no sense. People need to wake up and understand that these are so, these are the same ones as then who widen their phylacteries, who want to sit at the head of the table, who want all this public recognition, right? So the one thing that people of pride can't stand hmm. is an affront to their pride. Do you know? Can, can I say one more thing? Do you have time? Yes. I don't. Yes, go ahead. All right. So because this relates to this, and so when Jorge Bergoglio took over the papacy, and and listen. People out there, I know that's not the way you pronounce his name. <laughs> but when Jorge Bergoglio took over the papacy, he personally instituted a new canon in canon law, a new rule that says something to the fact that if you, meaning like people like me, somehow uh, shame them or get people to think less of them, well, then that's grounds for us to punish you in all the various ways they can try to punish you, like excommunication, like laicization, mm-hmm. right? So first, he makes a new canon law saying, if you do anything, I'm going to crush you like a bug. And if you say anything, and then he goes out and he does things like the Pachamama, like Luca, um, um, mm-hmm. uh, Luther on the Vatican stamp, like having Judas in his office, right? There's a statue, I guess, and there's a picture where Jesus comes and forgives Judas after Jesus rose from the dead, and therefore Judas is now in heaven, which, of course, that's not true. That's not what Jesus <laughs> taught, right? But that's what he's got on his desk. That's absolute apostasy. Well, it's so, almost like he's baiting people to break yeah. this law that he adopted. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and, right, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So so what kind of, what kind of tyrant, what kind of dictator will say will make a rule saying if you say anything against me i'm going to crush you like a bug and then goes out and does everything he's not supposed to do and you yet you can't say anything or else he's going to crush you and that's the problem you see uh i won't say who it was but a high-ranking prelate in the church once said to me that you're going to feel very alone father because Mm -hmm. even your friends who agree with you in private will not be seen with you in public Mm. that's the same as like Nicodemus, right? Yes. He, he, he came to agree with Jesus, right? But he, he did it in the middle of the night because he knew the other guys would throw him out. Yes. So I can tell you from personal experience, again, it's thank you, Lord, for all this personal experience that I'm going through because it helps me to understand clearly what I knew and can teach others. Um, 
a, a lot of my friends, closest friends, agree 100% with me, but will say absolutely nothing. They will go along with, oh, they'll grouse, right? I get sick of listening to the grousing. <laughs> listen, if you're complaining, why don't you say anything? Why just leave me here out twisting in the wind, right? Mm. But they won't say anything because they know full well that these monsters and miters will cancel them. And I have to tell you, when I was canceled, I had no idea the number. I, I thought there's maybe me, maybe one or two others around the country. Who knew? It's upwards of like 2,000. I'm sitting right now. I'm not in my normal, typical uh, meditation room where, where you would see me on interviews. I'm sitting out in a, a b and I think it's my first b and I've ever been. <laughs> but I'm with canceled priests. There's something like 2,000 of them. And there's wow. uh, a, a bunch of us have gathered together for fraternity. Uh, out here in there's some sort of we got there's been some events this week. I haven't made it to any of them because I couldn't get away. Um, but there's an event Wednesday night that I'm I guess I'm speaking at. Uh, so they're they're off celebrating the Holy Mass right now. Uh, and so that's why I have I'm alone here in this house. They might come barging in. And if you hear any commotion, that's what you're hearing. Cancel priest. I found out there's like 2000 priests, roughly. Now, watch each one of us cost the diocese, cost the people of the diocese, because it's not the diocese, it's the people. That $8 billion in payouts, that's your money, people. When are you going to start complaining about the way the bishops have squandered your money by their filthy, unlawful, godless, and damned cover-up of, of boy rapers? I mean, that's what it is. Let's go calling it, yeah. oh, child sexual abuse. Let's call it raping boys. Right. Because that's what it was. And that's what they covered up. And that's what they fostered by transferring a raper to another parish. And yet these these people are still in positions of power. Well, anyway, that's where I, that's where I am right now with these cancel priests. Uh, I didn't know there were this many. Uh, and and so it, that represents about a quarter million dollars of seminary education that you people have paid for. But forget about temporal things as staggering as that number is. This represents a whole bunch of priests who have been taken out of ministering to the people, right? Yes. They, yes. And, and that means ministering to your eternal soul. I can tell you this. People, listen closely. You know the priests who love you because they're the ones that fed you during this madness of COVID lockdown that these bishops just caved to the government. They're in bed with the government, sometimes literally. So... The, you know, the priests that fed you, that did everything they could within the rules that they were, that were, they were burdened with to make sure that you received the sacrament of confession for your eternal soul so that you were in a state of grace. Should God call you home? They brought you Holy communion, the bread of life, the real presence of Jesus Christ in the, in the Holy Eucharist without which you do not have life within you. Right. Mm. That's not me talking. That's Jesus. Right. They brought you the sacraments in your time of need. This, oh, I think I hear someone coming in right now. So that's <laughs> that's how you know. I can if if there's a lot of them, I can always go into another room. But that's how you know that they loved you. They took care of yes. you in your time of need. So, um, yeah, go so, support them. Yeah, absolutely. If we could pick up on that, because we talked about what yeah. can what can the laity do. Well, it's to your brother priest. What can they do? And it, share briefly the story in France in the 1970s, uh -huh. uh, when the when again priests were being canceled, the mass they attempted to cancel. Yeah. Uh, and there's a church in Paris, Saint Nicolas de Chardonnay, and uh, here's a picture of it now. Beautiful. Oh, church. nice. And the pe the priest got together and just went in and started saying mass and didn't stop. 
They just did all night, all day. They had a rotation of priests. And I know actually a French priest who's a priest now who was an 11-year-old boy uh, who was volunteered to be an altar server. So he went in with some of the other boys and just lived in the church, serving mass after mass after mass. And uh, they just occupied the church and said, yes. You know, we're, the, the people are entitled to this. So, again, you don't may have to go to that extreme, but, uh, you know, priests just, as Father said, this is not a valid law uh, because it's against the law of God. Just the best reaction, just offer the Mass and, um, you know, fear him who can cast you into hell rather than you can right. take away your pension, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. And, and again, I think that's a great point for the laity, too. If, if priests do that, we do need to be there to support what you're doing to help. Because right. these priests will get canceled if they do that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, be there to support you, to, to you know, provide uh, so that you can continue, notwithstanding being canceled, to be there right. as, a, as a model. So, um, Father and I actually will both be in, you mentioned uh, a, a speech, but we will both be in Chicago in June, the end of June. Uh, the Coalition for Cancels Priests will be having a conference. And I think we're both yeah. scheduled uh, to be there. So yeah. uh, if you're interested, if you've enjoyed hearing Father today, uh, take a look at that. Definitely on their Coalition for Cancelled Priests website. Uh, I don't know if you know what you're talking about in June, what your uh, I, topic oh, will gosh, be. Gosh, I, I don't know what I'm talking about Wednesday. Wednesday. So <laughs> I'm sure something will be inspired within me because uh, yes. you always pray first. Right? Yes. Help me, Lord. Let me say what you want me to say. You always pray. Yes. Um, so yeah, we'll see what we'll see. I have no idea about Wednesday. So, or, I mean, uh, yeah. Or about June. That's, that's yeah. so far on the distant horizon. Uh, yeah. Well, good. Well, thank you for sharing your perspective. Again, we had a lot of interest when we covered this story last week. And since sure. you are, you're, you have a special connection to this diocese, we appreciate you sharing your thoughts. And please uh, let the priests you were with there that know that uh, we will keep them in our prayers and we'll pray for all canceled priests. Thank you. I, I'm grateful for that. One just walked by quietly. So I saw that I was <laughs> doing this. So, no, I absolutely will do that. And I'm grateful to listen. I'm grateful to every single uh, faithful Catholic that supports every single canceled priest. Uh, because otherwise, what they do, look, remember when they canceled Donald Trump from Twitter? And I'm thinking, if you can cancel the free voice of 100, with 130 million followers or something yes. like that, well, you, you can cancel anybody. We need to understand that communism and ty- tyranny has taken over. And now look what they did with Father Frank Cavon. Yes. Okay, if they can laicize him, right? And what did they do? The, people need to understand this. They sent out the letter that the bishop of amarillo wrote in like 2017 right but what they didn't that's what they put out as their excuse for canceling him for laicizing him but when you look at what the congregation for clergy wrote four years later they reversed everything that that filthy viper down in amarillo did and they said yes he should they they supported him so who took so who can there's only one person that can overrule the council for clergy the the, uh in in rome and that's Bergoglio himself. And that's exactly why it said in the announcement that there's no appeal to this because Bergoglio canceled Father Frank Pavone. He is always a father. He's ontologically changed. For them to even say that they call him now Mr. Pavone, that is damnable. He's filthy hierarchy. He is Father Frank Pavone. He'll always be Father Frank Pavone. He's not defined by what he does. He is defined by what he is. And he is a priest of Almighty God. So, uh, but look, if they can do that to Frank Pavone, Father Pavone, they yes. can do it to anybody. Yes. So uh, just wh- that's why priests won't speak up and say anything because they know that's what will happen. So, uh, but look at, you know, at least we're, they're not lining us up and shooting us like they did in Mexico in 1926. 
Uh, but who knows what's coming down the road, right? Yet, right. Yes. Anyway, thank you all. God bless you all, Father, Son, you, Father. and Holy Spirit. Uh, and support your faithful priests, the ones that are still in the parishes. Give them the support. Don't give don't give the vipers, the monsters, and miters in any of your money. Thank you, Father. Thank you, and uh, w hopefully we can visit again soon. I hope so. All right. God bless you. Thank you. Bye-bye.